I know there's a certain imagery that uh, spooks Steven out. And yep. at one point I leaned next to him, leaned over to him and I was like, good luck sleeping tonight. And little did Chris know, it's actually the thought of Chris leaning over and whispering, <laughs> good luck sleeping tonight. That well, is actually burned in my brain now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 516 with a review of The House with a Clock in Its Walls. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And for joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, this is the only review technically that came to a theater near you this week. Um, but we're putting it right in the middle, sandwiched between our other two reviews. Um, Previously in the feed, we had a review of A Simple Favor, and then after this episode, we'll have a review of Next Gen, the new Netflix film. Uh, but yeah, here we are talking about this film, uh, clearly a kid's film. <laughs> clearly? We'll, 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 we'll get into it. I mean, there, there, there are definitely some things happening in the world that if you were an adult and could understand the ramifications of it, would be horrible yeah. and too much for a child's little brain to understand. But I think that like... I think it's safe to say that from the dialogue and uh, the visuals <laughs> that this is intended for children. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, sometimes it's good for us to be children again, right, Stephen? Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to talk about it for you. You ready to do this? I'm ready. Do you need to shake your eight ball before we get started to see if we're allowed to start the episode yet? Uh, let me Let me do it. It, it says yes. I have no joke. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for The House with a Clock in Its Walls, and we're going to come back and give you a review. It, it says you look like a baby orangutan. <laughs> Last up. Lewis? I'm your Uncle Jonathan. Are you wearing a robe? It's a kimono. Here we are. Home sweet home. You're Lewis, I presume. How was your trip? This old hag is my neighbor. I'm relieved to see you didn't inherit your uncle's freakishly oversized head. My God, did that withered purple skeleton just speak? You'll see, it's quite different here. Have a look around. You're perfectly safe. That's safe? As long as it's fed. Do you know what a warlock is, Lewis? A boy witch. I think they're a little more than boy witches. Are you saying that you're a warlock? Please teach me, please, please. Okay, have it your way. I can give you the right books, teach you the right spells, but that last 1%, that's up to you. I don't want the creepy little runt. Think I want him? Lucky shot. You've told Lewis everything? Well, not everything. Do you hear the ticking, ticking, ticking? This house used to be owned by another warlock. He's very wicked, very powerful. He left a hidden clock in the walls. We don't know what it does except something horrible. (laughs) 
three gongs. Last time it was four. What happens when it gets down to one? Nothing good, that's for certain. We have to destroy the clock. So creepy. You can't do this alone. I can help you. You want to see some real magic? I'll show you. Shall we? God, I hate pumpkins. <laughs> Did you see that? All right, so that was the trailer for The House with a Clock in Its Walls. It's about a young boy who... Uh, Something happens to his family, and he has to go live with his uncle, who uh, turns out might uh, have some sort of magic abilities, and he lives in this old house that has a clock in its walls. <laughs> and uh, this boy kind of has to hang out there and figure out what's going on. A bunch of things happen, and uh, a bad person gets put on the loose, and uh, the child has to team up with his uh, uncle and neighbor friend, to hopefully try and stop the bad plans of the bad man. Stephen Miller, rumor has it <laughs> that you had a lot of fun with this film. Mm. Yes, uh, there are two main points I want to make about this movie. One, I cannot believe Eli Roth made this movie. I heard somebody <laughs> said that this is like his gar- uh, Owls of Gahul. And I, I see that here, where it's like a movie where like you're known for being a kind of like very dark, dour, specific filmmaker, and you just do this like kids movie that is so totally not what anyone would have expected. But, of but, you. I, but I feel like Owls of Gahul is like very Zack Snyder. Like it, when you watch very... that movie, like there are fucking owls with like metal armor talons on them, okay, sure, and yeah. things getting beheaded, and like it, it's it's like it, it's okay. I, I should say it takes good parts of the director and it turns away like the tone that becomes too dour for most people. Yeah. Like, yeah. In this case, like, for sure, there's very Eli Rothy things in this movie. Like, there are a couple, like, the design of some mask that a baby doll wears. Like, <laughs> there are things that happen in this movie that I'm like, oh, yeah, a, a horror director is the one doing this. But for most of the time, it just feels like a thing he made for his kid. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. Um, the second point is I friggin' loved this movie. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought it was great. So, okay. We said it for a simple favor. I'm going to say it here, too. It's true for, like, almost any movie. This is not a perfect movie, right? Like, of course it isn't a perfect. Again, I think it has some pacing issues. I think of any of these movies, the issues are ones that I felt the least, maybe just because of the type of movie that it was. But, like, I don't know if a kid could really follow the emotional arc that Lewis goes on in this movie. Uh, themes about parents and stuff kind of feel shoehorned or maybe, like, scenes were cut out that would have helped explain it more. There's a whole little girl in this movie that I feel like was supposed to have more screen time and just never... <laughs> Got it. Um, but my she'll, God. Like, she'll have screen time in the next one. <laughs> like, what a blast I had with what I got here. I mean, farting lions, crazy, like, demon pumpkin things, people becoming babies, like, creepy dolls. There's just so much silliness here. And th- there was a trailer for Goosebumps that played before this movie. I, I, I wanted to bring that up yeah. because that looked really rough. Mm-hmm. But I think on paper... There's no difference between that trailer and the movie that we watched. On paper, yeah, on paper. Yeah. So, so may- maybe on paper, I can't get over how much of a better version this is 
of basically the same bumbling weird uncle Jack Black in a world that has magic in it. Yeah. Premise this is. Like, Jack Black and Kate Blanchett are having so much fun in this movie. They they are, like, a joy to watch. I feel like they give Donald Gleason and Rose Byrne a run for their money with Peter <laughs> Rabbit. E- even, like, Hugh Grant and Paddington, too. Like, I feel like they're almost at that level of an actor who could be serious or could do something else just putting on their, like, kids' clothes and saying, like, I'm going to have the time of my life in this movie. I am going to be fun and zany. I'm not going to be embarrassed at all. I'm going to, like... Jack Black is obviously acting the way he always acts. Kate Blanchett, I don't think I've seen her be silly in this way before. Like, Yeah, I don't think so either. She is really, really, really embracing it. Uh, there's so many good zingers where they're just, like, nagging at each other or quibbling. They clearly have this kind of interesting friendship that is developed where they know each other so well they can just be like heartwarmingly silly back and forth and i thought there was some actual like feeling there about these two odd people who find each other and obviously over the course of the movie we learn a little bit more about that that adds to that feeling that we could get into if we wanted to um i think the whole like child discovers a secret world he didn't know before on on paper maybe that is trimmed down too much the discovery process doesn't get a whole lot of room to breathe. But the world that he discovers is so much fun to me of like the house coming alive and the way that magic operates in his day-to-day life. The the period element, I guess this is set probably in like the 50s and the way that like he uses magic in his very 50s style school to get comeuppance over bullies and to pave his own way in the world. He's the fruit ninja basically. Like he, he's a person <laughs> who found a thing that he can do to make his mark, and I I just had so much fun with it. And, and it's, like, tinged with enough sadness in his, like, his loneliness and then, like, the real world that kind of belies the fantasy that it, to use a Carsony word, it felt very Amblin-esque. Like, it definitely felt like a Spielberg-y thing, like the way an 80s Spielberg flick would handle these situations. Uh, I, don't, I, I was surprised at how much darkness they allowed in this movie, like, there's big ones, like, Kyle McLaughlin has this dastardly plan that is terrifying, right? And yeah. very heavy for any movie. But also gentle ones, like, we learn a little bit about Kate Blanchett's backstory, and everyone is kind of tinged by events that happened in the decade before in ways that I thought were just really nice in a kind of Hugo-y way. Like, they definitely touched on softer subjects. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was just... It was just a perfect throwback. Like, to me, this is, like, what would have cranked the Predator up a bit as if it had been, like, as good-natured in its throwbackness. Like, the humor here is thrown back, too. Like, of course, there are jokes here that feel very old school. But even ones that, like, maybe should offend, quote, or whatever on paper made me laugh so much. Like, this scene that goes on for, like, two minutes while a kid with elbow crutches is being picked to play basketball... (laughs) I was I was laughing so much I, I at laughed. that scene. That was, I'm, I'm still like I think about that still, and I laugh at it. Um, I I don't know. I, I was ear to ear. I can't I can't defend it, but I I I love this movie. Yeah. Um, so this film is not good, <laughs> but because it's great. Uh, no no no. Uh, it's, I I didn't I, I did not like it as much as Stephen did. Um, but it does have so much charm. Um, I think that. Was I, were I, would that it were, I wasn't (laughs) 
Christopher Schneezy, uh, I would probably like this film a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, for me, I'm the crazy person in the world who thinks that the first Harry Potter is the best Harry Potter mm. because it was really all about, like, this is a child who's finding out that he has some sort of connection to magic and he is going to a place where he's training and he's learning the ways of magic and you get rules of how magic works and you get rules of how magic is allowed to be used and you get all these things that sort of build up um, this world for them to have. And I think that this film, this film is little child wish fulfillment without the understanding of like making a compelling world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, this is like the magical version of, uh, of the movie Blank Check. Uh, (laughs) right like in that movie the kid gets a blank check and then builds himself a mansion with everything he would want to do in it and this is sort of the magical version of that too right it's like he's like no rules and do what you want then blah 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 and it's like there's a fun aspect to that you know it's a little home alone too right Mm -hmm. like and and that's enjoyable and it's fun uh but like you're dealing with a kid who who like is trying to become a warlock and there's not really like his uncle has no rules for anything except for don't read that book over there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's like I don't know. There's an like I liked what it was doing and I had fun with it, but I was so wanting to be drawn in more. Like the my favorite thing about the film is that spells appear like nobody says it but spells work by making rhymes saying the thing you want to do with the spell Mm -hmm. it's almost like you have to channel the energy by coming up with the creative phrase to be the spell like there's a scene where he casts a spell on a basketball and he basically tells the spell he tells the basketball to do his bidding but with like a rhyme and a cadence to it and it sort of implies that like magic isn't necessarily about the words you use to conjure something but the things that you say and the creative way you say it yeah. and it's sort of like i mean like in like jk rowling like is just saying words that are like vaguely latin that sound like the thing that you want it to do and it's sort of a right. similar thing but this is the kid version right where the kid's not going to go no latin or anything like that and it, the kid's just going to be like uh bounce over there and make me a sandwich <laughs> like, i did not my spell see my spell would not have worked because i was yeah. not creative with Pseudo my don't make me a sandwich yeah, yeah. Uh, nice uh but yeah so it, it was just the thing um it was just a thing that like there was so much more it could have uh like delved into and and found a way to make this world really compelling but instead it was it, it like it, it just it didn't have time to do that because it wanted to have banter between yeah. like the uncle and the neighbor and just do fun little things or have weird scary moments where a weird puppet like at one point uh, uh, I know there's a certain imagery that uh, spooks Steven out and yeah. at one point I leaned next to him leaned over to him and I was like good luck sleeping tonight and little did Chris know it's actually the thought of Chris leaning over and whispering <laughs> good luck sleeping tonight. That well, is actually burned in my brain now. I, I've I've gone ahead and replaced the ringer from my phone number with a recording of me saying "Good luck sleeping tonight," <laughs> and I'm just going to call you repeatedly throughout the night. Yeah, uh, I won't sleep at all, but it'll be worth it. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and I'm going to learn it's the only way I can sleep is hearing that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it was. It's a really fun film mm-hmm. that I enjoy. I think if I was forced to watch this repeatedly i would get sick of it real fast mm. like if i had like a little child who who was like yay yay put on the house of the clock and its walls i yeah. would be like fuck this movie mm-hmm. um but i think 
seeing it late at night just in like a, a pretty much empty theater um after drinking a liter of beer yep <laughs> uh it's like the perfect way to watch it like it's just it's just fun and i think that it, it it's to watch a film like this and be like oh this is for little kids and mm-hmm. then have the dark things happen kind of makes you appreciate and have fun with that and it's also a thing that like you kind of like think of after the fact where you're like oh that's fucking that that lady was doing what? And then the man was doing what? And then like mm-hmm. when you when you actually think of the ramifications of what various characters were doing, it's like dark and not cool. It is. And that's why I'm wondering, like, this is clearly played for kids. Like the the logic is very kid logic. The idea that like the most exciting thing in the world is you can eat cookies for dinner and you don't have a bedtime, right? Like yeah. that that is obviously there. But I couldn't help but feel like it was also targeting people who are nostalgic for being kids and wanting those kind of movies because it, yeah. it feels like it just had too much there for the adults for it to not be like meant almost at least as much for us as it is for the kids that are watching it. Yeah. I know that's like the the cliche of Pixar movies, but here I felt like that is the reason the movie was made almost is to bask in this like throwbacky. I'm going to make a movie that's like the movies that came out when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. And I, I like I hear everything you're saying. In in my mind, if it had explored the magic world more and gone into more of the Harry Potter thing, it like I've seen better versions of that already, and I almost feel like it would be like inviting a comparison that I wouldn't want anymore. Yeah, I felt like what it did really well was the the humor and playfulness and like sketching the nostalgic ideas in a way that makes total sense to a little kid and doesn't need to make sense for us because we're laughing at what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I, I just loved the combination. I thought it was, it was just so charming. Like, that is definitely the right word. Is it's very, very charming. Yeah. I think it it's way less Harry Potter than it is, like, Mary Poppins or Nanny McPhee or Series of Unfortunate Events or something, where it's, like, a silly, magical world that is, like, delightful for a kid to get out of their normal, tedious life. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I like that a lot. And that's fun, but I almost wish it was, like, a fun kid romp that happened to be, like, attempting higher forms of the story it's telling. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is a film called The House with a Clock in Its Walls. It is a house that has a clock in its walls, but the film seems to be about what's the mystery of the clock. But then the clock has, like, like in the trailer, he's saying, like, oh, it's counting down. What happens when it reaches zero or whatever yeah. it is in the trailer? I hope that's in the trailer audio that I played. Um, but, uh, but it's a thing where it's like, what is the mystery of the clock and what is the clock counting down to? We've praised the villain's plan for being really interesting and compelling. Mm-hmm. How is the villain going to do that plan if the other thing didn't happen? <laughs> oh, yeah, we <laughs> like, don't know. We, the, we don't know normally. Yeah, like so, Maybe so he doesn't do it. They Maybe. imply that like an event happens at the end of the countdown, but that's not what that's not what the story is. Like the the event like it is a clock and what the villain's plan is relates to a clock, but the clock's frequency has nothing to do with the thing that triggers whatever the thing. Like it, it just, it's, it's like a series of things that don't actually relate to each other, but are just metaphorically related to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's just one of those things where like it, that's not fun. <laughs> like to get to give like a, a really ridiculous example, uh, 
there's uh, a game I was playing with my roommates that uh, saw advertised on Facebook. And uh, it's like a murder mystery. You're trying to solve these things. You get like one box a month and there's clues in it. Mm-hmm. One of the fucking clues was an empty steel jewelry box. And then another clue was a thing that had backwards writing on it. And you were supposed to figure out that you could use the jewelry box as a mirror to read the thing that was backwards. But we just stood there and held it up to the light and read it normally from the back side of the paper. And it was like, I don't want a clue to tell me the box is a mirror so that I can read the thing that's backwards that I couldn't have read unless I looked at it right side forward, Mm -hmm. whatever the opposite of backwards, forward. (laughs) Forward is the opposite of backwards. Uh, anyway, spoilers for Hunt a Killer. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it was just like one of those things where it's like, I cool, it's a clock. And then what the clock does is sort of related to time. But why is it ticking down? Doesn't matter because that's not related to setting off the clock. Like it's it just like a it was a, it was a thing that like sort like really they wanted a set piece with gears and things sure, related to age you go comparison yeah 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 I, I like like i hear you and and pacing wise i think the third act is definitely the one that suffers the most from that like you don't you don't get enough time to feel the weight of anything like the the twists that happen in like lewis's arc and his relationship with his uncle there's not to spoil but this is a kid's movie so there's a down and an up right like obviously yeah. and i feel like the 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 curvature of that is so tight here. It's like within like 20 seconds that it flips already. And like all the logic of like the end game and what bad things are happening and what can they do to stop it is like compressed in a way where obviously you can't get like a real, you can't worry about it. Right. Like there's not enough time for it. You're just having fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say to that except for that. I just didn't care. I've like, even that part I thought was still fun and silly. And I liked watching the things that they do there because it, it's being watched through the prism of a kid. And like, if at the end of the movie, it was revealed that the whole thing was concocted by his uncle to teach him a lesson, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that tracks. Oh, if That's that, fine. I would be like, this movie if that was the case. Like, it would track totally to me because that is the logic is like, it just matters what it means to the kid. Um, yeah. I will say in one of the most like, glaringly not well telegraphed bits in the movie, there's a thing... There's a forbidden book in in this movie. There's something that he's not allowed to use, a spell that he's not allowed to cast. There is, like, a very good character-driven reason why he should be compelled to cast that. And instead, the movie gives a completely other reason, but then loops back later to be like, oh, but also that first one was involved. Like, yeah, yeah, it was they, like, oh, well, I was doing this first as a testing, and then once I figured it out, then I was going to do this other thing. Yeah, like, yeah. why why tack that on? You know, why not just... I don't know. There, there are little bits that if I were being picky, I could obviously tear it apart on those grounds. But I, I was feeling sick. I wasn't feeling good that night. Chris and I went to see this movie together. My mood elevated like 300% <laughs> from watching this movie. I was so happy afterwards. And I can't, I can't dock it for that. I think Eli did what he wanted to do. Yeah, no, I know. Like, I, I had fun with it. Um, I like, uh, like with um, A Simple Favor, it the film isn't great, but the act of watching it is the thing that propels you through watching it. Like it's like it's like oh yeah, that was that was fun. I had fun with it. Um, silly and dumb, but also pretty charming. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
And with that, should we get to uh, our review, Stephen? Oh, yes. Uh, all right. We, we've already been doing the review. Should we get to our verdict? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Verdicus Communico. See, you're doing the J.K. Rowling version. <laughs> yeah. I'm with the Eli Ruth one. Give me a verdict or I'll... Nothing rhymes with verdict. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm giving this a must see. I'm going I'm going all out. I had way too much fun to not steer into this movie. I'm very curious what Carson thought of it because I feel like he would also be all about this for very similar reasons. Um, gotta say, as much as I thought Jacob Tremblay was fine last week, <laughs> this kid here plays the like outsider who has, like, a lot of secret potential in a way that I found way more charming. Maybe I just relate to him more. I don't know. Um, yeah, speaking of must-see, Chris, you got to watch Paddington 2. I watched it on the airplane on the way back. It is so fucking cute. Steven, i got to watch Paddington 1 first. I, no, I didn't watch Paddington 1. You don't even need to. Oh, how Just watch dare the second you. one. It's, how will I fine. know how he becomes Paddington? <laughs> I, all I can say is now I want to watch Paddington 1 even more than I did before. Well. So fucking cute. <laughs> I am going to give this movie. Uh, give me a rating and don't you be hating. <laughs> um, it's I. I can't in good conscience tell somebody to go out and watch this movie. Sure, um, but renting it, fine. Yeah, um, I would be like, I recommend renting it mm-hmm. <laughs> just to see how weird it is. Um, Wait for rental then. Yeah, yeah I'll, don't, I'll, don't overthink it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a wait for rental. It's it was fun and I enjoyed it, um, but uh, yeah, it <laughs> it's not, like it, it was not my favorite of the three films that we watched um, or that we're reviewing this weekend. So, mm. but it was cute. That that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. It's a pretty brief episode, but that's fun. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? They can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Um, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, we are about to take off. We're going we're gonna to go review the Netflix original film, Next Gen. So get ready for that. And uh, we will see you in that review. And uh, yeah, later. <laughs>